Amen. Well, I'm excited this morning. We're starting a new series, and it's always exciting when we start a new series because we're taking you on a journey. That's what we're trying to do is take you somewhere that God wants you to go. And uh, this morning, we're starting a new series. Before I get into it, let me ask you this. Has anybody in here ever been hurt by somebody else? <laughs> Good. Everybody, every hand should be up unless they're, they're too small and they're going, you know. <laughs> everybody, let me ask you the next question. Has anybody in here, I know not intentionally, but ever, you hurt somebody else? Maybe not wanting to. We've all, we're, so we're all in the same boat. So, so it's not me like, hey, <laughs> Glad y'all have to deal with that. We all have to, including myself. And so as we look at this, we're looking at this next series called Words to Live By. Words to Live By. How many's ever gotten some advice from somebody and they said, here's what you need to do? And you did it and you went, oh, no, I shouldn't have done that. No, no. <laughs> it sounded good at the time, but then you went, whoa, oops, <laughs> shouldn't have quite went there. Or... Um, you got some great advice and it went, wow, that really, that, that, whoo, thank you that I didn't have to rely on my own ability or my own wisdom or my own strength. Well, let me say to you, all of us are in need of words that we can actually hold true that, that'll, that'll stand the test of time. And as we look at this series, we're actually going to be looking at the seven sayings that Jesus had that he actually breathed on the cross. There were seven things that Jesus said while he was hanging, while he was dying. Like he's checking out of this place. The, the, the physical man, the, the, the savior of the world is hanging there and he's about to die. But before he does, he makes seven statements that are words to live by by a dying man. And I'm, we're going to go over these. And as we do, I want you to look at this one verse as we look at it in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. We're all in a race. We're all heading... Um, I don't know if you know or not, we're all heading out of here. <laughs> we're all on, on our way somewhere. And I, I want to help you with that because it says this, since we're on this race and we're heading, headed, heading on out, it says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. So let me say this to you to help you right there. You and I, I didn't have the smart, I wasn't smart enough to initiate my faith in Jesus. I didn't have the ability to go, I need Jesus. It was actually because of the things that were going on in my life. And somebody shared the love and the grace of God with me that I went, oh, wow, Jesus, I need you. And so he's my author. He's also my perfecter. He's working on me. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, he's working on me. (laughs) You notice how that's better than say he's working on you? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. you got to think about those. <laughs> he's working on you a lot. No, uh, he's worked more. Um, but it says, who for the joy, the joy set before him, these two words, joy and endure. Those two don't normally, I mean, look, if we have to go a, a little while without something we like, it's, it's no longer a joy. We, like we like what we like and we want what we want and we don't get it. There's not a lot of joy in that. But Jesus While he's hanging there, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. In other words, as he's sitting there hanging from the worst beating ever, and and let me say this, I know there are movies that try to depict it, and I know a few years ago we we had the Passion of the Christ, and 
I know some have seen it, some couldn't see it. I couldn't watch, I couldn't watch it. It was so, you know, and then Hollywood got in an uproar like, how could they do that? So I'm like, hold it, y'all, y'all slash human beings up like it ain't even nothing. And yet, here it is, the real Savior goes through it, and all of Hollywood comes in. It's so gross, it's so gruesome. And I'm sitting there going, I'm looking at him going, mm-mm, it, it's not right. I can still tell it's Jim Caviezel or Jesus. I can still tell because scripture says he was beaten beyond recognition. Like, like you couldn't even recognize who he was because of how bad he was beaten and bloodied. And so when we look at this man, Jesus, that he did this, he said there was something on his mind while he was going through all of this. There was something he was thinking about that had him the ability to go thing. And I know many of us wonder what it was you and I. He was thinking way beyond what he was fixing to endure, and he saw us. And he said, man, that Mark Lynn, he's going to need a lot of help. That boy needs help. And he said, I'm going to do this for the joy of connecting with him and us having this relationship. The same thing with each one of you. He was doing that for us, and he said, despising the shame. He didn't worry about that. And, uh, and he sat down at the right hand of the Father of the throne of, uh, at, at the right hand of the throne of God, which is where he is right now. Uh, praying for you and I. And so let's look real quick at the message and then we're going to get in to the message. It says, the message says this, keep your eyes on Jesus. When we're going through this life, we're going to go through hard times. We're going to go through situations and we're going to need to, to cling to those words that I know will hold me, that will stand the test of time, that are not going to let me down. And so when it says here, where the writer of Hebrews says, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race, we're in, and it says, study how he did it. How did he, how did he do what he did? How did, how was he able to, and I know the natural mind or the, 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 the religious person would say, well, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. And he felt every stripe, he felt every lash, he felt every blow. He felt every pluck of his beard. He felt every, he felt it all. And so he was fully God, yes, but he was fully man. And we got to study how did the God man do this well in order for us to do this well. And so um, it goes on to say this, that we got to study how he did it. And uh, because he never, he never lost sight. He never uh, lost sight of where he was, where he was headed. Um, that that exhilarating finish in and with God, and uh, he could he could put up with anything along the way. That's what it it says. He, when you know what you're doing and you know where you're going and you know what you're about, you can put up with the things that come at you. They go, hold it. You know what? This is not good. This you know God's working it for good, but it's not good. Let's be honest. Romans eight twenty eight is like he didn't say all things are good. It said God works together for good. And it's not that it's good. And he said, hey, I'm going to do this. He kept his eyes right there. Um, and he could he could put up with anything along the way, the cross, the shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside of God, which is where we're headed. And so as we look at this, our, 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 our main focus is on how did he do it. And I believe his his first inclination where we see how he was able to do this well was found at his first in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, before he even really started his ministry, he was actually sent into the desert to be tempted. Like, before he ever got started good, he's like, God said, 
hey, I've got this body, but it hadn't been tested yet. And so I'm going to send him into the desert, and it was to be one thing, to be tempted. And let me say about tempted, because I know a lot of us feels like, they feel like, we feel like God's tempted me, and I'm going to tell you, God doesn't tempt anybody. He's got somebody that does it for him. He does, he himself does not tempt us. And the word tempt itself doesn't even come from the Greek language. It actually comes from the Romans. And it was actually this thing of called tempting the sword. And so what, what happens is people, uh, the, these soldiers, they would take this raw metal and they would get it glowing hot and they'd pour it in a form. And it would be in the form of a sword. And then they would let it cool off. And then they'd have this raw thing and then they would heat it up again and get glowing red and there'd be bubbles in it and it'd show imperfections in the sword. And there'd be these imperfections in there. And you know what they would do? They'd go, oh, look, there's imperfection. No, they'd take a hammer and they'd go, and they'd begin to beat those, those imperfections out. And they'd begin to get those. And then you know what they'd do? They'd cool it off. And those are the times where you go, Whew, thank you, I made it through that one, praise God. And then they'd heat it back up. You know why? Because the sword to a soldier was everything. He could not afford for him, for it to fail him in battle. That meant his life. And so he took extra time to say, look, I need to get it all the way. I need to get all, do that. And so in the process of that, that's where Jesus was being tempted like this. And in Matthew 4, 4, it says this. After he got tempted, he had been fasting for 40 days, and the devil came to him. Of course, he always comes when you're at your weakest. Let me ask you all this. If you ain't ate in like a, a few hours, <laughs> you're like, mm. you, whoa, we got this new term called hangry. <laughs> Cross between hunger and angry. It's like, whoa, I ain't ate in a few hours. I'm hangry. It's like, really? I mean, you, your body can go a little longer. I'm almost sure. I mean, my can, but we still like what we like. Jesus hadn't eaten 40 days. Now, it's interesting to me that he didn't show up in those 40 days. He's just sitting back watching. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm, Not yet. And a lot of times in your life, he'll let you keep going until you get to the very end. And it looks like it's over. And it looks like I can't go on. I don't have the strength. I don't have the ability. And that's when he shows up not to help you, but to try to take you out. And that's what he did with Jesus. He showed up at the end of 40 days. And then he says to him, if you're the son of God, turn this stone into bread. And this is what Jesus said. It is written. It is written. Man shall not live on bread alone. But what? Not alone. He said, by the way, that wasn't saying we don't get to eat. He's like, alone. That's a key word in there. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And as we look at this series, we're looking at the words that came from the mouth of God when he was... Not only was he in a rough place there, but now he's in the actual, the roughest day of his life that he's walking through. And this is what we're looking at this morning in Luke chapter 23, 34. And by the way, these seven sayings are spread out through all the Gospels. They're in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This morning is the very first thing he uttered while he was on the cross, after he had taken this brutal beating. Um, It says there, it says, Then Jesus said, Father... So the first thing was on his mind. He wasn't thinking about soldiers. He wasn't thinking about high priests that betrayed him. He wasn't thinking about all the people, uh, the Judas that betrayed him. He wasn't thinking about anybody. His first thoughts were, Father, Father, I've got to stay connected. Father, like we just saw in Romans chapter 12, fix your eyes. You've got to get them fixed. 
And he said, Father, do what? Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Wow. When we go through things, our natural tendency is to build resentment, to get angry, to begin to look for other people. When we begin to look and set our focus on them at what they're doing instead of focusing on what Jesus said and focusing on, hey, how do I do this well? And Jesus gave us our first step, our first thing, forgive them. And I'm telling you this morning, forgiveness is yours and my, it's, it's our key to live victorious and walk this life out so we can make a difference for him. And that's why we're going to look at the power of forgiveness. We're going to look this morning at the power of forgiveness. And I know as we go through this, um, it stirs things in us. Because even sitting here in church, I've said it many times, church is not where we come and display our goodness. For the most part, it was like, hey, look how good we are. We dressed up, we're all this... Church is where we, a body of believers, come and we experience His goodness and then we walk it out, out there. And so when we look at this thing of forgiveness, I know we got dressed up and all this, but there's still some things inside that we don't see. And this is what God wants to help us this morning, work on this thing of forgiveness, because the only other option is unforgiveness. It's either forgive or not. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to look real quick at what this unforgiveness does. And let, let you see if you feel that a little bit and see if you want that. The first thing I'd like to say is unforgiveness brings bondage. In other words, when I, when I choose to not forgive somebody, I'm the one that gets bound, not them. I'm the one that sits there. It's amazing. As I've, I've been doing this almost June will be 30 years as a pastor, full time, walking with people, loving it still today. I enjoy it with all my heart. I'm thankful that God called me to do this. I'm amazed. I'm really sitting here going, Jesus, wow, you are so good. I thank you. But I'm amazed at how many people will get something locked into them and they'll sit there. And, and the other person that did it that hurt them, they're off doing their own thing, going, oh, well. And they're just going about their business and you're just all of this building in you. And so it, if we're not careful, what it does is it builds bondage. That's Matthew 6, 14 and 15. Jesus is talking here at the, at the uh, very first sermon on the mount that he's teaching people. And he says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. And this says, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not Forgive your sins. In other words, stuff stays stuck in us when we choose not to forgive other people. It stays in us. You know, I've heard different things. I've heard that uh, um, different sayings as far as forgiveness. um, Like, it's like setting yourself on fire, hoping somebody else will burn. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm so many. Take that. (laughs) Like, you're sitting here on fire. You're like, but they're sitting here going... Hey, you're on fire. And that's many times we think we're getting back at them. And and really, they're the ones like, it's us, it's hurting. So unforgiveness also, what it does, it breeds bitterness. Like it stays in there and it just starts festering. It's like a wound that's not healed. Anybody ever have a splinter? A splinter in your finger. You get a piece of wood or something and you don't get it out right away. You think, oh, I get it. Oh, I can't. And you just let it go. And after a little while... (laughs) This thing starts screaming at you. Hey, 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 
hey, you can't do anything because it hurts. It hurts. And then it gets worse and it starts festering. And things start getting because you didn't cleanse, you didn't get it out. Let me say, unforgiveness is the same thing. If you don't, it'll sit right there and it'll keep festering. My dad, he had this technique, and that's probably why sometimes I just let it sit there and fester. Anybody, anybody's dad ever did this? You get a splinter, break out the pocket knife, take his lighter. I'm like, are we doing surgery? I just, it's a splinter. <laughs> Oh my goodness, we're facing the guy. Dad, 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 easy, easy. Ooh. But he always got it out. And it always, and when I leave it sit there, it would fester. Same thing, unforgiveness, if we're not careful, it, it just sits there and breeds this bitterness within us. And we want to, we'll begin to act out of that and not even know why. And so, this is what Matthew chapter 18, Peter starts asking Jesus about forgiveness. They've, They've been walking through a lot. They've been experiencing a lot of rejection, a lot of, of, of people that have been coming against them. And then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? How many times we got to do this? <laughs> Anybody ever thought that one before? <laughs> Anybody ever been there before? How many times I got to walk through this? And then up to seven times notice the question hey seven is seven good i did well i did seven some people don't even make it to one they just sit there like i just don't like it i don't care they get mad but jesus said no jesus said to him i do not say to you up to seven times i got another number for you i want you to think about but up to 70 times seven Oh, let me explain. There's another part in that verse that, that's not really seen there, but Jesus meant that a day. A day. How many of you know we've, we've experienced a lot of forgiveness from him? How many of you know we need a lot of forgiveness from him? So it'll breed this thing. And then also... Um, the third one real quickly. And there's more. Like I said, I don't ever do exhaustive. I hope you'll take this and grow with it and go and say, hey, there's, there's these. The, the third one is unforgiveness blocks healing. Unforgiveness will block healing. And you go, Mark, how can unforgiveness block? Because it doesn't free us up to be able to experience what God has for us. We stay closed in. And this is what happens. When we get offended... When things come against us, the natural tendency is we shut ourselves off from everybody and everything. The only problem is we shut ourselves off from everybody and everything. We shut ourselves off from everybody and everything. That means we shut, off, we shut ourselves off from those who can help, those who can bring encouragement, those who can bring insight. We shut ourselves off from everybody thinking nobody will ever hurt me again. Anybody ever said that one <laughs> besides me? Ain't never going to be hurt again. <laughs> that's, that's just not, it, it's not the way that God wants us to do it. it. It will, it will stop us from experiencing all that God has for us. You know, one of the most, one scripture that I, that I see as I study scriptures, probably used more out of context than any, is found in Luke chapter 6. It's the other part where Jesus is teaching the sermon. This is Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount. And in verse 38, it says, anybody ever heard this verse before? Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And you go, 
I like that. And many times it's used in finances. And it's used in giving. And it's used in, in this thing of, hey, give. And it'll be given. I'm going to give money and I'll get money back. And, and we use those in context. But if you look at verse 37, before this, look what it says. Do not judge. And you will not be judged. Do not condemn. And you will not be condemned. Forgive. And you will be forgiven. Notice what it says. And then it goes back to read it in that context and go, give and it shall be given unto you. A good measure. Pressed down, shaken together. You want to experience forgiveness? Give forgiveness. If you want to experience it, what will happen is it will start. You, you, how many of here besides me have ever felt judged? <laughs> be honest. You walk in somewhere and somebody starts looking you over like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Who do they think they are? <laughs> How many have ever felt condemned? Like, oh gosh, I'm the worst because of what we've all done. You know, you know what you've done. I know what I've done. And I know, whoo, that wasn't good. And condemned means there's no hope and no help. And so what happens if we're not careful, what we do is we'll, we'll either let others or we'll condemn ourselves. We'll either judge others or judge ourselves. And God says, no. Forgive. It's the only way to happen. It's the only way it does. If you look at forgiveness in its, in the actual, in the sense, in the, in the Greek, this is what it really means to help you out. It means let it go. Now I know when I say that, I was at, in danger of any of the, um, Disney fans in here that, um, <laughs> and I promise you I'm not gonna break that out for your sake and mine. Let it go. Let it go. We're not doing that. <laughs> Praise God. Um, what, I, what I'll say to you is it really means this is where you come to the place and you say, I've got to let this go. I can't hang on to this any longer because it's hanging on to me too tight. And I know and you know that all of us have been through things that we don't want to do that. That's what um, in Romans chapter 12 verse 19 it says this. Paul's writing to the church at Rome and he says, Do not take revenge, my dear friend. Notice, I love how he does Revenge and my dear friends. Don't take, don't do that. Why? But leave room for God's wrath. Let God take care of this. For it is written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. The original avenger, right there, there's God. For those of you who get in that, there it is, right there. He'll take care of that. You don't have to. I don't have to. We allow him to do his work his way. What is our job and our responsibility is we've got to stay focused. This is what... This is what I want you to get this morning as we look at this, start going through what it is to forgive and what happened. We need to shift our glance away from the one who hurt us and set our eyes on the one who has saved us. We've got to take, instead of me glancing and staying before me, this, this offense, this thing that happened, and it's real. By the way, let me help you. This is not denying or, you know, it, it didn't really happen. It really happened. It was real, and I'm going to share some in just a minute of how real it is. But it's not what I keep my focus on. I'm like, yes, it happened, but Lord, you're greater. Lord, this happened as well. You, you forgave me. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to forgive these. And this is what the first thing forgiveness does. Forgiveness frees me. Forgiveness frees me. Forgiveness frees you. When you forgive, you're the one that gets the benefit, not somebody else. You think you're, you're, the struggle is if I forgive them, then I'm just letting them get, get away with it. You're not. 
What you're doing is releasing them. Say, hey, you, you don't get to hang around in here any longer. Lord, this body, this mind, this spirit belongs to you. It belongs to you 100%, and it frees me. That's what it says um, in, uh, in, in Max Lucado. He came up with a saying, and I loved it. And I, I got a little thing right there, and I didn't know if y'all would be able to see it real good. But it says, forgiveness is unlocking the door to set someone free and realizing you are the prisoner. <laughs> that, that you're the prisoner, not, not the person you thought you were holding balance. They make me some, and you unlock it. You go, oh, you're you're the one that's held bound, not them. You thought you had, you thought you had cornered them and you locked them down, and you had them already. Lock them. And really, when you say, you know what, it wasn't right. I didn't like. I, 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 there was nothing good about that. But God, you're going to turn that to my good, and you're going to work it for my good, even though it wasn't good. And so, really, you're just setting yourself free to be able to do that. And God does that. That's what in Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer, one of the things that says what? Forgive us our debts as what? As we've forgiven our debtors. So in, it's, this, it's this give and take. It's like, Lord, I choose to forgive them. Lord, oh, I choose to forgive you. It's how God operates. It's a beautiful thing. And then in Mark eleven twenty five, he said this, and when you stand praying, Anybody ever pray and thought your prayers never got out of the ceiling? Like, no, God, you ain't even here. You ain't hearing nothing I'm saying. Besides me, this may be your biggest thing is you're holding on something. You're sitting here praying to God, but you're holding to this. God, you're praying. Yeah, but you're praying. Lord, get them. And when standing praying, it said, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. Let them go. Don't sit there and hang on. Let them go. Why? So that your Father in heaven may forgive your sin. So you're connecting this way, but yet you're trying to hold on. It's like, no, I'm, no. That's, okay, Lord. I'm, going, I'm, I'm not going to allow that to hinder my prayers, and I'm going to let you do what you do best. So the, first of all, if for, forgiveness frees me. Secondly, forgiveness frees us. You see, because I'm only as good as I am in a group here with us. Like, we're a part of a body, and so forgiveness frees us. And um, the body here, the, the brothers and the sisters. How many know your brothers and sisters sometimes hurt you more than anybody? They can do things and say things that, ooh, ugh, ouch. They can hurt you worse. But that's just because there's a lot more love. It means a lot more than just some stranger off the street saying something. And so it can really hurt. Husbands and wives, sometimes it can be much harder and, and can hurt a lot worse. And this is where you got to say, look, I choose to forgive. I'm not hanging on to that. That's what Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Why? It says this, be kind and compassionate to one. This is how you get rid of it. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Why? Just as Christ, God forgave you. Listen, in a church, there are churches that have already folded today because of one reason. Unforgiveness in the church. Because brothers and sisters don't choose and say, I choose to forgive you. I want, to, I, want to, I want to walk alongside. You know what the greatest love of all is? It's not when you see somebody and you say, I love you, but you don't know anything about them. 
That, that, that's kind of like, oh, I like you. But true love is when you know everything, everything about them. And you choose to love them. That's what true love is. When I know it all, I know the dirt, I know everything. It's not a surprise. By the way, that's how God loves you. God knows all the dirt. He knows every thought. He knows every weakness. He knows every failure. He knows every shortcoming. And he's not sitting there going, mm, I'm trying to figure this out. He's sitting there going, I love you. I'm comm- I know what He knew what he was getting into when he chose you. <laughs> he knew exactly what he was getting into going, I, I still choose you tomorrow. He would do it. And so then the third thing is forgiveness frees me, forgiveness frees us, and then forgiveness frees others. See, if we're going to be able to make a difference in somebody else's life, this is why we got to walk in this thing we call forgiveness. Because if we're going to change Brunswick, Georgia, Glen County, we're going to have to walk in this thing called forgiveness. So we're not going to allow other people and their hang-ups and their habits prevent us from being able to help them. That's what Jesus came to do is to help them experience it. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 and 44, Jesus said, You have heard it said... Love your neighbor and hate your enemies. That sounds right, doesn't it? It's like, yeah. I love my neighbor, but I hate my enemies. I'm going to go get them. And then Jesus, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Come on now. Whoa. I pray for them all right. Fire! No. <laughs> Lightning! Get them, Jesus! <laughs> I'll pray for them. <laughs> I know how to pray real well for them. It's like, you know, you're good. It's like, that's not what it says. It says, pray for those who persecute you. You know, I had a situation here early on in ministry, and it, it's one that God, I've walked through a lot of this. When I first came on staff here, I was only on staff here about a year, and um, there was a young man. I was assistant youth pastor for two years, and I walked with this young man, and uh, and he had some, some struggles, I'll say. And uh, his parents had him very late in life. And so dad was really confined, couldn't do very much, didn't go very much. And so I took it as my ministry. I'm just going to go take you. And I'm gonna, I'd am i pick him up and we'd go eat, uh, go, go go hang out for a little bit. And I'd, I'd walk through stuff with him. And, and it was a wonderful thing. I thought, man, I'm, <laughs> I gave him more attention than anybody else at that time in the youth. I was doing a small group. And I was also... Um, courting my wife at the time, and there were times where he'd say, why you got to go see her? And I was like, well, if you got to ask that, you don't understand, and there's no need for me to explain that. <laughs> but it's like, you need to come spend time with me. And I'm like, no, I understand you need help, but I'm not going to do that. And so um, I had done everything I knew to do. And at, at um, when I became the youth pastor, <laughs> I had some of my youth, there was all, oh, I think there was like eight of them, ten of them. <laughs> And some of them came to me and said, Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark, do you know what he's saying about you? And I said, yeah, okay, yeah. I I mean, I've heard some other of y'all have said. I said, the question, it don't matter what he's saying. I said, do you believe it? It don't matter. I can't stop him from saying what he says. And they said, well, no. I said, but he shouldn't say that. I said, but I can't stop him. He's entitled to say what he wants. I'm not going to sit there. I never confronted him. I never went and said, why are you saying that about me? (laughs) Anybody ever done that one? (laughs) How'd it work out? <laughs> you know what I chose? I'm going to love this guy. And what happened is, oh, this is a true story. Every Sunday, he started going to another church. He was in the uh, 
11th grade. He started going to another church. And um, right there, as you first come in under the, the little breezeway right there, where right as you come after the little foyer and then coming down the hall, that first corner right there, he'd stand there every Sunday. And he went to another church because he'd get out before ours did. <laughs> as a Methodist, just so you know, <laughs> they get out early like, woo, <laughs> nothing against them. I love them. But he would come because he'd get out early and he would stand there and he'd glare at me as I'm walking down the hall. And he'd just sit there and glare at me as I'm walking. And I'd sit there every Sunday. I'd look at him and go, hey, man, come here. Give me a hug. Man, I love you. <laughs> and he'd sit there and freeze up. <laughs> just freeze up on me. I'm like, mm. And then I'd sit there and I, every Sunday, I, I, I'm like, here it is. Oh, we're, we're doing this again this Sunday. Hey, okay. And he'd sit there and he'd just sit there. He'd give me that, oh, try to give me that mean mug. Just like, ah. I don't like you. I don't like you a lot. I don't like you at all. And I'm sitting there. I'm going, come up. I'd squeeze him. Hey, man, so good to see you. Love you. He'd freeze up again. Y'all, this went on for the whole junior year. And then he stopped in the summer, came back in the fall, started again for the next school year, senior year. Every week, it's like, I passed this test, didn't I? Am I doing, is there something I'm not doing right? So it ended up happening where um, he actually went to school. He actually went to college. He went to Georgia Southern. And um, and I thought, well, I guess I passed. Whew, whew. Well, guess what? During winter break, <laughs> I'm preaching in youth. And I'm up here sharing. And, and all of a sudden, right in the back, he comes and sits in the back. And I went, okay. So afterwards, he wanted to have a word with me. And I said, please do. And he began to tell me how I heard him and what I didn't do and how I didn't do. And I literally, I didn't defend myself. I said, would you please forgive me that I did everything I knew to do and I tried everything I could to help you. Please forgive me if it was not enough. Would you please pray for me? He couldn't pray for me. (laughs) Would you just please pray for me? I learned that too by our senior pastor. He helped me with that. My pastor at the time, Bill that's that part of that blessing. And so as I did this, um, I thought, man, that settled it. No, for that whole end of that thing, every week he went, he'd show up. I'd sit there, give me the glare, and then I'd hug him. I was like, okay, we're going to keep doing this, all right? Y'all, it happened through that. He came home through the summer, same thing. He went back his sophomore year, and he had to write a paper. He started going into psychology and other, and he had to write a paper. This was him telling me this. He had to write a paper, and he said... In one of his psychology classes said, right, uh, you had to name somebody, the, the one person or one of the people that had influenced his life the most. And he said, I sat there and I couldn't think of but one person. And he said, I sat there and he said, he began to write and he goes, wow. He realized I was the only one that had spent time with him. I'm the only one that had done any. I was the only one that had done that and helped out. And the, the, the fact was, as he began to write this, um, he said he began to cry, he began to realize how bad he'd been. He showed up, <laughs> came fall break, sitting there preaching you, comes and sits in the back back there. I went, I know, I know I nailed this. I, I passed that exam, I know. Then what ended up happening was this. I went up afterwards and said, hey, 
was like going, I was literally beaten and battered. I was like, man, what else do I got to do? You know, what? I said, hey, how's it going? He goes, can I talk to you just a second? And it was, his countenance had changed. And he said, this was his words. He said, I was so mad at you. Especially after I got married because my time really got limited and I did exactly what I was supposed to. Honey, you first. And I'd give whatever time I could. And he said, I was so mad at you, I would come. And he's the one that told me. He went to the Methodist church. He got out at 1130. He said, I'd get here and I'd sit there and I'd stand and I'd just stare at you. I wanted you to feel my hate. He said, I, I just wanted you to feel how much I hated you. And he said, every week you'd come up and you'd hug me. And he said, I just, I wanted to hit you every time. You'd squeeze me and I'd just like, I hate you, I hate you. And he just, he said, I wanted to hit you. And it started out that way. But then it turned into, this is what he said after he went away to college. I think he realized he started coming back. The only reason he came back was it was the only hug he ever got. It's the only hug he ever got. So it started out, I hate you. And then it started out, I know where I can go get a hug. I may hate it and I may not like it. But it breaks yokes. I could have been very offended. I could have been very upset. But I made a choice to say, hey, I know that's one instance. And by the way, if I've messed up, please forgive me if I've hurt you and offended you. I know I sure have. (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) But let me say to you this. Church, we we have to choose to let God's forgiveness operate in us so that we can operate in His forgiveness towards other people. Otherwise, we will continue to hurt. That's what, but Luke, Luke 6, 27 and 28 says this, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who mistreat you. I prayed more for that young man. Not, not for God getting, Lord... There's something really broken there. For somebody to go do that, Lord, they need help. Lord, help them. Have you ever thought of that when somebody's coming against you? Think about what they're going through, what they've been through, what they've happened. Lord, Lord, forgive them. Lord, help them. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Can I tell you, have you ever tried to take extract revenge because you didn't know what you were doing? It was pure out of anger. It was pure out of spite. It was pure out of... I'm just, you begin to do it out of pure emotion and pure feeling. This morning, could I challenge you to, to take just a moment and ask yourself, is there somebody that you've allowed to rob the joy of walking with Jesus because of what they've said or what they've done? Maybe it's time this morning to offer and say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going to set myself free this morning. I'm going to give forgiveness to these people. Lord, I'm going to set us free. Brothers and sisters, I'm not going to... Man, we're, Jesus said a house of divided against itself can't stand. It can't do it. That's why we got to love and forgive each other. we got to walk this out knowing that none of us are perfect. None of us have it all together. There's not... There's never been one perfect person except for one, and that's Jesus. And he's the one we're listening to this morning. Hanging on a cross, looking at the people that is just beating, beating him beyond recognition. And he looks at them and says, forgive them, God. They don't even know what they're doing. Can I challenge you? There are people that have hurt you. 
and they didn't know what they were doing, or maybe even if they did, it's not their it's not their choice. It's your choice to say, Father, forgive them. I think it's time to let some things go, and then what will happen is doors will begin to open, your heart will begin to open, you'll begin to receive forgiveness as you've never known. You'll begin to receive from the Lord when you stand praying. You're going to stand receiving. You're going to stand understanding going, wow, God, you're so good. I want to challenge us this morning. No matter how hard it is, if you would, if you would begin to do that, I believe that, uh, that God will transform us. Luke 6, 31, just past 27 and 28, this is what he goes on to say. Very familiar to all of us. Do unto others. Do to others as you'd have them do to you. How many here besides me need some forgiveness? How many besides me need, Lord, I got some things I need forgiveness for. Lord, thank you that I'm going to choose to release them to your hand. I'm going to release them into your arms. I'm going to release them. Lord, I choose to pray for them this morning. I know when I was began to share, we're talking forgiveness. I know things happen in our lives. And I know many people say, Mark, you don't know how bad it was. I can't forgive them. I know how bad it gets. I know what it's like. I've, I've read stories. I don't know if you've ever read the story about Christine Kane, who she's a, a, a national speaker now, and she actually is the lead, one of the leading pioneers in sex trafficking. They got they have nine offices in uh, they have offices in nine countries, seven rescue houses, and the reason why is because from the time she was three to the time she was thirteen, she was continually molested by seven men. And you would say, Mark, that's a tragedy. God took this woman and used this. Many of you have heard of Joyce Myers. Y'all have heard her before. Y'all have heard her testimony. Her own father. And this is online. This is not something that... Own father raped her over 200 times growing up. And you go, I... I," And you, you listen to what she did. Oh, my goodness. How she ended up behind him a house, started just really doing good and praying for him and it wasn't until his dying day that he began he asked her finally did all this stuff and it was in his dying day that he finally asked her to forgive him for what he had done could you pray with me right now i just want to i feel like i want to pray right now thank you lord jesus would you close your eyes for just a moment as i've been speaking i know there's angst that comes up when you start talking about forgiveness faces come into come into your mind situations begin to pop up things that were said things that were done many times they get played over and over and if we're not careful they become a a recording that gets etched in our heart and in our mind and this morning I believe with all my heart the Holy Spirit's here to set people free to where you can begin to to begin to walk in a way where you can walk in freedom and you can walk light again that you don't have to carry this any longer. You don't have to carry this person. You don't have to carry this situation. The reason it's called a past is because it's in the past. That's why it's called a past. It's in the past. This morning, could I challenge you just a moment, your head bowed and your eyes closed, would you be willing to take the first step? And I'm not saying it's going to be easy and that it's all just, oh, look, we just say this one prayer and it's over. No, it may take a few times. It may take a little while. You may get it right and you go, oh, oh man, just because you don't get it right the first time. I don't know if you're like me. I never, ever got anything right the first time. You might have to do it over. 
But it always starts with an act of your will saying, I choose, Father, I choose to forgive this person. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Would you take just a moment, and if that's there's somebody that's really really pops up in your mind and your heart it could be a parent it could be an ex it could be a best friend would you take just a moment and say Father and you can do it under your breath Lord would you forgive them Lord I choose to forgive them I don't want a root to get stuck in my heart I don't want them to keep me from receiving from you Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you right now. Jesus, I thank you right now that you demonstrated what you taught all along about forgiving. You demonstrated it in the moment when it was the worst, when you'd taken the worst beating, you demonstrated what forgiveness looks like. Lord, I thank you right now, Holy Spirit, for giving us that same ability. Jesus, you said if the Spirit, if the Holy Spirit resides in us, we can do the same things. That's why you infuse us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you right now that you would, you would release that in each heart here this morning. I'm going to ask you, those that would like to, to just pray this prayer with me out loud. Father God, I choose as an act of my will to forgive. Now stop just a second and think about who and what it is you're asking him to forgive. Take just a minute. Let it sit there. I know the, I know it becomes real for me. I, I can go back to places. I can actually hear, smell, 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 hear things. You can too. That's what you're saying. Father, forgive them. Now say this with me. Father, I release them this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you died for them as well. Lord, would you reveal yourself to them? Would you minister your life to them? Would you break the power of Satan over their life this morning? I release them into your hands. And this morning, I come and ask you to forgive me for hanging on for so long. Forgive me of my sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. We're going to accomplish what God has for us to do. We've got to do it His way. So we use his word. They're sure words. These are words we can live by. And I encourage us to live by these. Look, I want to give you an opportunity too. If you've never given your life to Christ, or or maybe this morning you're saying, you know what, I've been away from him for a while. Like I've I've been close at times, but I've, I've never felt like I've connected. Like I feel like he's out there, but I just can't get close enough. This morning would be a great time for you to get, get as close as you want because he's here. He's right here for you. He wants you to connect with him, and he wants to connect with you. So if you've never done that, if you've never said, Jesus, I surrender, Lord, I want you to be my Lord. Come on, take it. This life is yours. I challenge you this morning. I would do that. I did it 34 years ago, and I have not been sorry one day since. There's never been a day I said, oh, man, I wish I wouldn't accepted Jesus. But every day I'm like, Lord, thank you. You give me what I don't deserve continually. You continually change me and I don't even deserve it. Thank you, Lord. This morning would be a great opportunity, a great privilege. And I'm going to ask us again. Maybe you've never done that. and You've never experienced his forgiveness for your sin. 
this would be a great day to do that. Or maybe you've been away from him for a while and you're like, I want to come close. I don't want to, I don't like it out there far away from him. I want us all to pray this prayer as well. Father God, I've made mistakes. I've said things. I've done things that displeases you and dishonors me. Lord, I choose as an act of my will to give you my life. Jesus, would you take my life and use it for your glory? It's in your name I pray. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If, if you did that, this connection card would do it. It'd be a tremendous honor if you just put that on there. I either committed my life to Christ or I'm renewing mine. We want to go on steps with you. We, there's none of us all got it together. Don't pretend. We don't pretend. None of us all got it together. Jesus is the only one and we're connected to him. Thank you, Lord. Father God, you're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people. Father, that that your name may be placed on them and you in turn would do the blessing. So I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace in Jesus' name. Amen.